almost happy new year. I trust Christmas kept extending for you all week. That's the way it is by design. Christians celebrate um, a season of Christmas tide so we can savor what the birth of Christ means for us. But here we sit on the threshold of a brand new year where there's a lot of discussion about what tomorrow, New Year's Day, may start for us as individuals. Even in this church service alone, as I saw those videos of what our partners around the world are doing, I couldn't help but think what God wants to do here. And also if there's maybe a mic that's open and unmuted causing this to feedback. That's another thing I'm thinking about right now. Either way, you can probably turn me down a little bit. That would help. At this, at this very moment all around the country, as people are uh, gathering maybe for a New Year's Eve celebration, or maybe they're just going to spend a quiet night um, at home, responsibly so perhaps, um, they're thinking about maybe New Year's resolutions or what the year uh, is about to hold or what it doesn't hold. Many people, as you scroll through social media, uh, are producing lists. Have you clicked on any of those? The, the top streaming shows to watch or the best of this or, yeah, I see, I see your head's nodding. There's a phrase I've heard that sounds a bit empty, but people still use it. The best year ever. This year's going to be the best year ever because of what I'm about to implement. But because of these New Year's resolutions, this year is going to be the best year ever. People all around the country right now want this year to be better than the last. They want their finances and their physical and emotional health and relationships to be stronger through choices uh, that they've made. In fact, 36% of both men and women equally in 2024 are going to prioritize their mental health as one of their top priorities. This drive for transformation will result in the uh, fitness community in 100 million gym memberships sold. 100 million gym memberships sold starting tomorrow. I looked into this. 67% of those people will never use their gym membership. And the average cost of a gym membership right now in the United States is $58 a month. Those that do use that gym membership, over 50% will quit in the first six months. That's a great, it almost makes me want to buy a gym. Because <laughs> like all these people... So 67% of the people will not so much as flush a toilet in that facility, let alone cause any wear or tear on the building, and you just collect this membership. Regardless of whether or not your New Year's resolution involves anything of a physical resolution, we do know uh, from the Fisher Business School of the Ohio State university that only 9% of resolutions will be completed or kept this year. So where does this thirst, this drive, this desire for transformation come from? 
Like, as opposed to be just being content, like you don't hear many lists or people talking about how 2023 was pretty good. And I would just really like 2024 to be pretty much the same. We don't hear that spirit of contentment. There's this drive for transformation, for something new. And I do believe in its essence, it comes from the right place. You see, ever since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they have been giving birth to a generation where generation after generation in this world has filled this world with broken people of which we are an equal part, each of us broken. And deep down inside of us, there is an internal longing for God to take all of those broken pieces and put them back together again. Now we may cover it up in in different goals and we may hide behind this year, I'm gonna buy a new boat or a, a snowmobile for the snow that likely will not exist for you, at least down here. I'm always surprised when I see uh, snowmobiles in Southeast Wisconsin. You may cover them up with new relationships or new hobbies or new goals and, and those may fail you, they will fail you, and they may feel empty in the meantime, but in, in, in its essence, at the core of it, is a longing for God to do what he's promised to do. And that is, in this broken world, with our broken selves, for God to do what only he can do, for God to enter our lives in our world and begin to put broken things back together This is the Christian hope, and this is the root of our longing for transformation. So as we stand on the threshold of this new year, I want to gain for a few minutes together a biblical vision of transformation. It was an interesting opportunity. It's the first time uh, since I became uh, one of the primary uh, preachers at this church where I got to choose a text. We've always been in a series. We're in a break from Joshua, which resumes next Sunday, which I'm very excited about. Uh, we've been in an Advent series now for obviously four weeks. And we came to this Sunday with one service and no text. That was the first time in a long time where I got to just look at my journal, pray, and reflect on what God's teaching me and ask God what he wanted me to share with you. And so for better or for worse, what I want to share with you this morning is, is literally what God has been working on in my life over the past year. Over the past year, when I find myself discouraged, whether I'm not feeling well physically or mentally, emotionally, relationally, when I feel challenged in some way, I find myself drawn to the book of 2 Corinthians more than any other book in the Bible. I find myself drawn like a magnet to 2 Corinthians chapters 3 and 4. And so in preparation for this morning, I have just gone back to them all week and read them over and over. They give us a biblical vision for what it means to be transformed. And I have this morning my final Christmas gift to my children, which is the shortest sermon that I have ever prepared. Maybe some of you will be relieved by that as well. As we go into 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 
We start down in verse 17. I had, I had Drew read a bigger paragraph, so we had a little bit of context. But in verse 17, we hear this. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the spirit. I want to give you good news this morning. The resting baseline reality for everybody who has a relationship with God through Jesus Christ is that you are being transformed. You may look at yourself and be like, I don't see that. This, this year feels like being deformed or this, this, this year uh, feels like I'm, I'm, I'm literally being pulled apart. I don't get this transformation. And, and I, I believe chapter four will speak to your experience, but I want to begin with good news that because you have a relationship with God, what do I mean by that? We say that a lot. What I mean is if you have a relationship with God that doesn't, it's not mediated by a church or a pastor or a priest, or uh, it's not because you read the Bible or you do good things. If, you, if, if, if you've gone all in by placing your faith in what God has provided for you in Jesus Christ, paying for your sins on the cross, rising again victorious as your only hope to be forgiven of your sins and to spend an eternity with God. You have a relationship with God now that will last forever. And Jesus Christ, when he was here present on the earth, we've been celebrating his arrival on the earth during his ministry on earth. He kept saying something. He kept saying, just wait and see what I'm going to send you when I leave. He even escalated it and said, it's going to be better for you that I leave because when I leave, I'm sending you a helper. Well, what is that helper? Well, the helper in the Bible has a capital H to it. It's the third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of each believer, making each of us a temple for God. And then the Holy Spirit dwells amongst the collection of God's people, making the collection of God's people God's temple. And so I can say with absolute certainty on the authority of this passage of scripture and the promises of Jesus, that Jesus has kept his promise and has sent his Holy Spirit to be with you. And even though it doesn't feel like it in every moment, you are being transformed right now, not through your resolutions or not through the help of other people or the right podcast or the right self-help book. You're not being transformed by a religion. You are being transformed by the resolution resurrection power of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God. And this is the hope of the believer. This is what we have. Paul reveals that we are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Paul reveals that not only are we being transformed, made more like Christ each step of the way, he re reveals that this is from the Lord. It is his doing that we are being transformed and that this process will be complete one day, maybe soon, when we meet him face to face. What does it mean where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom? You, you may have heard this phrase uh, quoted or written down. Here it says, now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Well, in the context of 2 Corinthians chapter three, and this is really important uh, to grab onto, 
He was comparing this with Moses giving the law. So actually not just comparing, he was contrasting. So he's saying when Moses was in the presence of God getting the tablets with the Ten Commandments on the mountain, he had to have a a veil over his face because the glory of God was so overwhelming and impressive that in order to interact with God's people, Moses had to have a, a veil over his face. He's saying something has happened now because Jesus Christ has come, ascended into heaven, sent the Holy Spirit who's written the law on our hearts and made us new men and new women in Christ and given us a power beyond our own effort, and that is the Holy Spirit. Let me make it practical. Uh, Paul was saying uh, to people that you are no longer going to be perfected by religion, I I want to bring that into our context in 2023. You are not going to be transformed by infant baptism. You're not going to be transformed by being confirmed in your church or by a catechism. You are not going to be transformed or made into the image of Christ by attending the right church with music you like. You're not going to be transformed by signing up for all the ministries that we ask you to go back to in the Connection Center. You are not going to be transformed by attending a Bible study and making every single session this year. You're not going to be transformed by loving your neighbor and doing uh, good works for the people in your neighborhood. All of this is a form of religion that's deceiving people into thinking that they can transform themselves. And when it fails them, it fails them and people fall hard and get delusioned with the Christian faith altogether. We are transformed by something outside of ourselves and that is the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave and resurrected him. Our hope of being transformed and made into the image of Christ is this Holy Spirit. And where the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. There's freedom. I've I've sung a song here, I think both with Drew and with Dan, who has uh, sung here called Current of Grace. And that song was written with this image in my mind about a river with a strong current. If you've ever rode a kayak or a canoe, with a current, or maybe you've just grabbed a bunch of inner tubes and a cooler and floated down a river up north. You guys are all quiet. Like, like, I'm not going to admit that I did that. You probably did that. (laughs) See, you loved it. You had fun. It's got an inherent current to it. It's pulling you. And the the vision of that song was I could either stand up on this raft and, and row with the current and get to the same place at the same time, or I could just rest knowing that the power of this river is not in my paddling, but in the current beneath me. The power of the Christian life is the Holy Spirit. And this gives freedom. It gives freedom as we are allowed to deeply trust him, and it gives freedom as we are allowed to shed our arrogance and our posturing, believing that the what makes us good or holy is, is, is be deceived into thinking that it's something that we do or something we've achieved. It's none of that. 
The, the homeless person you would encounter this morning in downtown Milwaukee has the same uh, power available to them as the senior pastor of Elmbrook Church out in Brookfield and the archbishop of the whole diocese of Milwaukee. They have the same access to God through the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who transforms us, not religion or good works. Where the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. And because of this reality, we go to chapter four and we are encouraged to not give up. Look at chapter four, verse 16. Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen by what is unseen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The good news is that we are being transformed. The good news is, according to chapter four, that we do not have to give up we do not have to lose heart in life circumstances. The good news is, according to chapter four, that um, if I showed you a graph, which I don't have a graph to show you, I'll describe it to you. If I had this, first of all, ability to make this graph, it would show that our physical health, no matter who you are, is declining. And that's a sobering reality, and it's, it's, it's to the front of some of your minds more than others. But let me ask it this way to those who, who may be very young and healthy in the room. What, what, what do you and Giannis have in common? Your health is only declining. It doesn't matter if you're Giannis or Joe Biden. You're, you may look different and be at different life stages. Your health is declining. So as our health, according to chapter 4, even though our outer person is being destroyed, as our health goes down, our inner person is going the opposite way. It's like forming an X on the graph that I can't produce for you. So our outer health is going down no matter how hard you try. You can be, you can be part of that, whatever that percentage was, 33% that stick with your gym membership. I did find out then those people average two times a week. You can be part of that group. Your health is declining. This is the reality of our broken world. But the good news for the Christian is that your inner reality, your spiritual self in relationship to God through the power of the Holy Spirit is actually improving every day. Every day. We are being transformed into the image of Christ day by day from glory to glory until we meet him face to face by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is the reality that I'm asking us this year to lean into. Paul even says, for our momentary light affliction, our momentary light affliction is producing for us an incomparable weight of eternal glory I have challenging news for you this morning. I feel like I've only given good news so far, unless you thought you were super healthy. Challenging news 
If you could zoom in on verse 17, for our momentary light affliction is producing for us an incomparable weight of glory. There's three words that are put together and I can't arrange them in another way. It's how God placed them here through his spirit. Affliction is producing. Look at the end of the first line. Affliction is producing. God is transforming you, that's the good news, into the image of Christ, not through religion or good works, but through the power of his Holy Spirit. The challenging news is that it's not while you're sitting in a hot tub. It's not all chilled out on a beach. That's not his primary design for this life on earth. God's design to transform you is through affliction. Now, remember where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Some of you have been afflicted this year physically in ways that you're saying, I know your, your graph about my body's doing this, but my, my spirit is doing this, but actually we're integrated beings, my mind and my spirit and my body. And because of what's been happening in my body this year, my spirit is really, really low and I'm tired and discouraged and exhausted. I want to encourage you this morning that God's chosen vehicle is your affliction and that where the enemy wants to come in and bring discouragement and shame. Remember when that child was born blind and they brought him to Jesus and they said, whose fault was this, the mom or the dad's? I said, no, you guys have the all, it is all wrong. This is all for my glory. Our loving father, through no fault of your own, has chosen to allow affliction in your life as chiseling instruments to make you more like his son. And it has an end in sight before his throne where you will be with him forever and he will wipe away every tear from your eye, such that Paul, who was shipwrecked, stoned, and left for dead, lived with an unknown thorn in his flesh that we don't know, says, for our momentary light affliction is producing for us an incomparable weight of eternal glory. The amazing reality for all of those who are in Christ is that while our bodies are failing us, God's spirit is working in us every minute, even using intentionally the affliction that you have for your good in his glory until the day you see Christ face to face and there's no more pain and there's no more sorrow anymore. So what do we do with this as I close? Chapter three, verse four, such is the confidence we have through Christ before God. Chapter three, verse 12, since then we have such a hope, we act with great boldness. Chapter four, verse one, therefore, since we have this ministry because we were shown mercy, we do not give up. Chapter four, verse seven, now we have this treasure in fragile clay jars so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. Chapter four, verse 16, because of this, therefore, 
we do not give up. How do we apply this this morning? Three words, two are the same. Trust, trust, and invest. Trust the work of God in your life and don't lose heart. Walk through afflictions this year with deep trust in God who is transforming you into the image of his son. Second word, trust. Trust the work of God in the lives of others, of other believers. Extend to them the grace and encouragement that you're receiving right now. If you're somebody who's being afflicted, you're receiving encouragement from God's word that your affliction isn't a waste, it's being used for good. Be that for other believers. In their affliction, point them to what God is doing in their life and encourage others. Trust the work of, other God, of, of God in other believers' lives and stop canceling one another. Harvest, in the Christian community this year, we will stop looking for good guys and bad guys among us. Harvest, this year we will, we will stop gossiping about other people oh, I just found out they're the bad guy. He's the bad guy. She's the bad guy. Okay, I got a plan. Uh, I guess I just unfriend him from Facebook, don't talk to him at church, and I'll share this information as a prayer request with other people. No, 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 no. If any man or woman is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, all things have become new. This is the Lord's doing. That brother or sister in Christ who is in a moment of struggling that you may very much disagree with is loved deeply by God. And the Holy Spirit is in them, sealing them, working on them until the day that they see Christ face to face. And sometimes we harm each other, but we can trust that God is, is the only one able to work in the lives of others. So trust God's work in your life. Trust God's work in the lives of others. And lastly, I'm gonna invite Drew to come up. Invest. Physical health is a good thing. Buy vitamins if you wish. Buy that gym membership and stick to it. Get outside and go for a walk. We're whole beings, we're integrated. And it's, it's tough to parse out where our mind starts and our body ends, they're together. But based on what this passage is showing, might I give us an encouragement that if it is the Holy Spirit working on us, making us new every day, maybe we should lean in more to that reality. Maybe this year we should spend more time being still before God and asking him what he's up to. Maybe this year we should feed and add fuel to the fire of what God's already doing through his word and through prayer and fellowship with other Christians. Invest this year. And finally, I say this as your pastor, don't lose heart. Have confidence and don't give up. Let's pray.